I want to share, I want to start by sharing with you two amazing quotes, two amazing quotes from Abraham Lincoln, I think that are appropriate today. He once said, all that I am or hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. No man is a poor man who has a godly mother. Isn't that beautiful? Another quote, the problem with quotes on the internet is that you never really know if they're legitimate. <laughs> Okay, maybe we'll just stick with the first one, but anyway. You know, mothers are truly one of the greatest gifts any of us have ever been given. Some have maybe more closer to perfect moms than others, but we all value and appreciate, or we should all value and appreciate the incredible gift that God has given us with the person called our mom. I praise God for my mom. She is uh, absolutely one of the most important things, one of the most special things on this earth that God has ever blessed me with. Uh, Second, really, only to the other mom in my life, my wife, the mother of our two boys, who is an incredible lady, part of our team up here. By the way, did the worship team do a great job today or what? Isn't that awesome? All of them. You know, Mother's Day actually is somewhat rough for some of us. Maybe you're like me and my wife, Kim, in that uh, your mom is already home with the Lord. Our, our moms both passed away and went home to be with the Lord years ago at a young age. But you know what? While we still miss them terribly, we praise God for them because time with a godly mother, even if it's this much, is still a beautiful thing that we praise God and thank God for. So today we want to honor moms. We just finished a series of messages called Perspectives of the Cross, and this week, I, as I prepared for what to say on Mother's Day, I got to thinking about one more perspective of the cross, um, and that is thinking about what Jesus thought as He hung there and died, and what about His mom? What do you think Mary thought as she watched her son die on a cross? for all of us, including her own sins, but all the rest of us as well. Well, John, Jesus' close friend and disciple, tells us that Jesus basically at one point turned to his friend John and said, in effect, John, please take care of my mom when I'm gone. And he turned to his mom as he was hanging there dying and, and basically said, uh, Mary, please let John kind of stand in my place and be a son to you. He records it for us in John chapter 19. This is how the Bible puts it. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved, meaning John, standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Now, John lived a very long time. We know that. And I believe that Mary, that he took Mary into his home and took care of her until she went home to be with to be reunited with her son as her Lord and Savior. Think about it, though. Jesus is on the cross, bearing the weight of the sin of the whole world, and yet he sees to it to make sure that his mom is taken care of, that her needs are addressed. While he's hanging on a cross, he's thinking about his mom. Today, I hope we can all think about our moms in, in ways that would be practical and, and uh, significant. You know, as deity, Jesus is dealing with eternal matters on that, on that cross in that moment, 
And yet he's also still, as a human, taking care of his mom and modeling for us how we should also take care of our moms. Now, we know that Mary wasn't perfect. We know that because no one is perfect that has ever walked this earth other than Jesus himself. Um, Now, some of you may think your mom comes pretty close, you know, like she pretty much walks on water in your mind, Uh, whereas others of you are more in tune with her imperfections, and you maybe see a lot of them, and, and those stand out to you. But regardless of where she's at on that scale, I hope that you recognize that it is your responsibility. It is all all of our responsibilities to love in practical ways the mothers in our lives. And I want to give some practical application to those possibilities for us today. Um, I'll tell you this, you cannot be in a bad place with your mom or with any human being and in a good place with God. Did you know that? Scripture makes it clear. John, who we referenced a moment ago, said this in a later writing in 1 John chapter 4. He said, Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister, or you could add mom, is a liar. For whomever, for whoever does not love their brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. Listen, some of you have deeper feelings of love for your mom than others, but If your mother is still alive, in fact, let me do this. If your mom is still on earth and still alive today, no matter how close you are with her, will you raise your hand? Let me see how many people have a mom. Okay, still alive. Some of you are like me, would not raise your hand there, but most of us do. Most of you do. Well, if that's you, regardless of your age, regardless of her age, you can always love her more. So I want to give you some opportunities to think about ways to do just that, to love her more. Maybe you love her really closely and you have an incredible relationship with her. You can do more. Maybe you're a little bit estranged from her. You can do more. So if your mom is gone like mine, then let this relationship or these, these uh, words about relationships help you maybe love others in your life. Maybe some other moms in your life. Maybe it's a sister. Maybe it's an aunt. Maybe it's a daughter, um, whoever it may be. But um, Let me tell you this. I want to encourage you to take out your notes. If you have the bulletin, if you were handed one as you walked in, I want you to take some notes today because I want you to understand that love is not a feeling as much as it is a verb. Love is not something you think about and feel and, you know, whatever. Love is something you do. And so I want to give you some six things, in fact, that you can do today. And maybe all six are things you need to focus on today. Maybe one stands out to you. But let me give you some things that you can do because love is a verb. It's not just a feeling. And here you go. First of all, if you're writing down notes, I encourage you to write this down. Love her verbally. Verbally, number one. Jesus said in John 13, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Love her verbally. You know, we've all heard the phrase, actions speak louder than words, right? That's true. But that does not mean, or that does not give you an excuse to not love someone verbally as well. Yes, actions speak louder than words, but words still matter. And I want to encourage you to say the words, to say the phrase, that three-word phrase, I love you. Now, some of you are all over this. You've got it down. You say it every day, or at least, you know, regularly. But others of you are struggling with that. I've had conversation with some of you that struggle with these words. Let me share with you a letter illustrating the importance of saying the words, I love you. This is a letter that goes back decades. How many of you remember Dear Abby? The letters, you know, things we'd seen in the paper. Okay, Dear Abby, let me read one of those. 
from decades ago. Dear Abby, I enlisted shortly after Pearl Harbor in 1941. Thirty-six days later, I was on my way to the Philippines. En route there, the Philippines fell to the Japanese and we were rerouted to Australia. Eleven days after we landed, I met the most beautiful girl in the world. And on our first date, I told her I was going to marry her. And I did. Eighteen months later, while on a ten-day R&R leave from New Guinea, after more than 57 years of marriage and two children, my beloved Mary died five days before Christmas. Although we agreed that our ashes were to be scattered over the mountains, I found I could not part with hers. You see, while Mary was alive, she would frequently say, you don't know how much I love you. And I always replied, likewise. I never actually said, I love you too. Now her ashes are on my dresser, where I tell her several times a day how much I love her, but it's too late. Although I wrote poetry to her, I could not bring myself to say the three simple words I knew she most wanted to hear. As my dearest was dying and we thought she was comatose, I told her, there aren't enough words to tell you how much I love you. A few hours later, she whispered, not enough words, and then she died. The reason I'm writing is to urge men to express their feelings while their loved ones are alive. I don't know why, but many men are like me, foolishly reluctant to express the depth of their feelings. Signed, Missing Mary in Colorado. Friends, I tell you that, I read that story for you, because I want to tell you that your mom needs to hear the words, I love you. And again, some of you are all over this, but some of you need to do better. And you need to find a way to, to reach out and share with her verbally how much you love her, how much she means to you. So I want to begin by telling you to love her verbally. Secondly, I would tell you to this, love her physically. Let me ask you, when's the last time you gave her a big hug, you know, without her hugging you first, uh, or a kiss on the cheek, or a back rub, or a neck rub, or or just sat on the couch and held her after all the times that she used to hold you. I mean, she's the first person who ever touched you. She wrapped you in her womb for months, and you came out, and when you did, her first priority was to hold you, to hug you. She cuddled you. She kissed your head. She rubbed your feet. She held your little cheeks against her. She, she gave you a finger to hold on to, you know. In love, she did all these things and so much more. She changed your diapers. She potty trained you. She held the Kleenex for you to blow your runny nose. How much love does that take? <laughs> she wiped food off your face years longer than she probably should have had to. <laughs> Some people like me still need that. but She constantly touched you as a baby and as a child, loving you physically. And some meaningful, heartfelt, physical touch from you today if she's available, if she's around, probably would mean more to her than flowers or candy or, you know, a nice dinner, maybe even more than a diamond ring. Okay, maybe I'm overstating that, but <laughs> I don't know. But I, that's up to the moms to say. But, but meaningful touch is powerful. It is so powerful. Look at some of the examples of meaningful touch just in the life of Jesus. Look at how Jesus used physical touch. Let me show you in Mark chapter 1 where you see where he 
he meaningfully touched and loved through touch a man with leprosy, a man that others would be like, even if I'm going to love that person, I'm going to do it from a distance. How you doing? But, you know, I'm not going to touch him. But Jesus, the Bible says in Mark 1, moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. At the transfiguration in Mark 17, where Peter, James, and John get to meet Elijah and Moses, and of course Jesus is there. Jesus came up and touched them. Touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they were scared, Jesus put a hand on them in a in an appropriate and loving way to help comfort. How about this? In um, Luke chapter 22, verse 51, the Bible says, but Jesus answered, no more of this. This was when the soldier, right before Jesus was to be taken away and executed, a soldier to grab him uh, got his ear chopped off by Peter, who rashly decided to defend Jesus in that moment right before he betrayed him or, or ran away. But in that moment, he swung the, the, the sword and cut off a man's ear. And Jesus, the Bible says, said, no more of this, and touched the man's ear and healed him. In fact, speaking of healing, look at Luke 4. At sunset, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness. And laying his hands on each one, he healed them. Laying his hands on each one. You know, Jesus could have looked at a crowd of sick people and said, you know, and just healed them all you know, done whatever. He could have done whatever he wanted to do. But the Bible says he touched each one of them. How about uh, in Luke 13, with a crippled woman that others probably stepped over, probably didn't even look at. Jesus apparently not only looked at her, but he reached down and touched her. He, he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. And we read in numerous places how he loved children and spoke of children and told us to be like children, and touched children. Look at this, Matthew 19. And he placed his hands on their heads and blessed them before he left. You know, I don't know, but I picture Jesus kind of putting them on his lap, and maybe picking them up, throwing them in the air. You know, I used to do that, and Kim would be like, oh, you're going to drop them, you know, but, you know, that kind of thing, and, you know, swinging around with them, holding them, playing with them, wrestling with them, whatever, you know, but but touching them, There's, there are a lot of powerful statistics and studies that show children that um, are not touched, maybe, maybe they're put in an orphanage or something, if they're not touched, it has drastic impact on them. Touch is so powerful. The touch of our hands is much more important than we often realize. So I encourage you, love your mom verbally, but also love her physically. Look for ways to give her that back rub or whatever it may be, at least a hug. Thirdly, love her patiently, patiently. You know, mothers have an incredibly huge job, and obviously they do not get paid for it, right? I mean, no position in the business world compares to the physical, emotional, and oftentimes spiritual commitments that a mom makes for us. And yet, despite all she does, either has done or maybe even currently still is doing, a lot of times we find ourselves, if you're like me anyway, we find ourselves sometimes getting kind of short with, her, maybe a little bit frustrated with her, maybe impatient with her, despite the fact that she may be the person we owe a bigger debt to than anybody on the planet. We get accustomed to her taking care of things, and so we come to expect it. It's a dangerous thing. When we start having expectations and, and, and just take her for granted, things like this coming out of our mouths, things like, hey, are those clothes still dirty? Or, hey, mom, what's for dinner? 
I'm hungry. Or, hey, why hasn't anybody done the dishes around here? I can't even find a glass to drink with. Or, mom, I can't find my shoes. Where are they? Did you, what'd you do, put them away again sometime after I left them out again? You know, things like this really should not come out of our mouths if we appreciate and love this woman who takes care of us in so many ways. I would tell you this, your mom, regardless of her mistakes or shortcomings, which they all have that, and sometimes we use this as an excuse to think it's okay to say certain things like this. You know, regardless of her shortcomings, she deserves better. She deserves patience and respect and honor from all of us. And if the shoe fits, you know, some of you might feel a little uncomfortable at this moment, like, oh, yeah, that's me. If that's you, then I encourage you to add to your vocabulary another three-word phrase. Talked about the importance of the three-word phrase, I love you. But maybe you also need to add to your vocabulary a couple of other three-word phrases like, I am sorry. Please forgive me. Powerful, short but powerful words. Because the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 13, we often hear this just at marriage ceremonies, but it's so much more than that. The Bible tells us love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. Love is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Love her patiently, patiently. Maybe she does make a lot of mistakes and frustrates you, but you know what? Think about it. That's what being patient is all about. I mean, if you are, you, you cannot be patient with someone unless they try your patience. I mean, if they're easy, that, then, then that's not being patient, you know, Love is patient, meaning that, hey, okay, yes, sometimes she may try your patience because we all do. Love her patiently. Love her patiently in addition to physically and verbally. And fourthly, love her attentively, attentively. Write that down. You know, in interacting with other people, Jesus was extraordinarily attentive, showing a humble willingness to listen carefully to others before he formed what he was going to say in response to them. You know, the Bible is full of stories about times when Jesus healed people. There are stories about Him healing blind people, lame people, deaf people, mute people, paralyzed people, people with leprosy, people with things like dropsy, people with bleeding issues, people with fevers. He healed a man with a withered hand, a, a man whose ear was cut off, right? We just heard about that. And do you know what had to happen every time before Jesus healed anybody? Every time before he healed them, he had to first be attentive to their needs. He had to care enough to really listen, to pause and pay attention, to, to notice them, to, to be attentive to them. And I think we all need to be in that same way, attentive to the moms in our lives, whether she be our mom or our wife or whatever role she may play in our life. I've sometimes been reminded by my loving and wonderful and wise wife that listening to her while also listening to the phone or watching television is not quite as respectful as it might seem to be in my mind. Have any of you ever been reminded of such things that maybe multitasking like that is not 
quite as appropriate as you think it is. Sometimes we need to put it down. Sometimes we need to turn it off. Sometimes we need to turn our attention, look her in the eye, and listen attentively. It doesn't even necessarily require a whole lot of, of you saying anything or figuring things out or fixing anything. Sometimes you just simply need to listen. And this is me talking to myself as much as to anybody else. I struggle with this. I think a lot of us do. But, you know, our moms have probably listened to us more than anyone else, probably, you know, when no one else would. And sometimes what she needs from us, what she wants from us is just simply undivided, real focused attention. Sometimes multitasking is great. Sometimes multitasking is appreciated. Wow, that's cool. You got all these things done. That's great. But sometimes multitasking is simply rude. We need to understand that and be attentive, as Jesus was attentive. When Jesus healed people, He first was attentive to them. He locked in. He focused on them. He, he lived out what His brother James later talked about, which James probably wrote this based on example that he saw in Jesus, his brother's life before. But James told us, and I quote this all the time because I struggle with it, and so I need to be reminded of it. Maybe you're with me. That is that he said, Dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. That applies to all relationships. But today, I want to encourage us all to to focus on being all of that with our moms or with the moms in our life. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Listen attentively to her. Don't ever be like Harry. Do you know who I'm talking about? Do you remember Harry? Remember him? I've talked about him before. It's from an old movie, one of my all-time favorites, because, you know, it kind of is named after people like me. It's called Dumb and Dumber, if you remember that. So, um, but anyway, if you remember the scene in the movie, Harry's talking to his buddy Lloyd, and and they're talking about um, uh, when Harry had recently gotten dumped by a girl, and Lloyd's like, yeah, what happened? And, you know, he goes, oh, I don't know. She, she just went on and on about me not listening to her or something. I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. Don't be like Harry. Learn to be a good listener. You know, listening is an art. It's a, it's a skill. It is something we can develop. Because you see, it's not like IQ or physical abilities, you know, athletic ability. It's not something you're born with or you're not. Like, oh, well, that guy's just a great athlete and I'm not. And Oh, well, it's not that. Listening skill is something anyone, everyone can develop if they simply want to. If you will make it a a focus of yours and put in some effort, you can learn to be a good listener. And that is such a powerful way to love those around us, including mom. Some of you in this room are pretty good at it. I've seen that. I I admire that in some of you who are great listeners. Others of you uh, are kind of like me and you have a lot of room for improvement there. But friends, I tell you, every one of us can benefit from learning to be quicker to listen and slower to speak, and obviously slower to get angry as well. Doing, you know, we, we need to all work on doing what, um, what James talks about as opposed to doing what I often find myself doing, which is, I don't know if anybody can relate to this, but sometimes, not always, but sometimes when I'm talking to you or somebody, I'm listening kind of. Mostly I'm just being quiet, and I'm thinking about what I'm about to say as soon as you finally quit talking so I can talk again. Have you ever done that? A lot of us do that. 
and we're not really paying attention. We're not really listening. And we need to develop that skill. Listen without thinking about what you're going to say. Just listen for the sake of understanding what they are saying. Listen so that you can show them respect. Maybe you listen with the point of trying to think of follow-up questions and things you're going to, wait a minute, so tell me more, or you said, help me understand, what do you mean by, or, oh, does that mean you also find ways to not just wait so that, wait for them to quit talking so you can say all the important things that are inside of you. Sometimes you just need to zip it and listen. That's me. And I would encourage you to start with your mom, especially on Mother's Day. All right, two more. Love her gratefully as well. Gratefully. An early elementary science class studied magnets one year and how metal objects are attracted to them and how and why they worked. It was an interesting thing. All the kids enjoyed the study of magnets. Well, at the end of the semester, the teacher put this question on the exam. She wrote it like this. What has six letters, starts with M, and picks things up? And obviously, she was looking for the word magnet. But guess what over half of the class wrote down? Mother. Yeah, mother. Is mommy awesome? M-O-M-M-Y. Okay, well, six, mother. But anyway, mother. Isn't that crazy? You know, as Paul said... The Apostle Paul said to the church in Ephesus, we should kind of borrow his words and use these toward our mothers all the time. He said this to a church. He said, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Now, that's a different context, but we can borrow those words and say that to mom over and over, daily, regularly. Mom, I I never stop giving thanks for you, praying for you. Show her appreciation To those of you who are like Kim and I who have lost your mom, she's in heaven with the Lord today, Um, let me ask you, what do you miss most about her? In fact, let me take just 60 seconds or so. I want you to shout it out. Maybe even uh, stand up. Stand up and just shout out a, a phrase or a word. What do you miss about your mom? If she's gone and she's no longer here, what do you miss about her? Somebody talking to her on the phone about all kinds of things. Oh, I'm sorry. Say it again. Cup of coffee. Her thoughtfulness. Emails. Talking about recipes and things like that. Yeah, what else? Her prayers. Her admiration, uh, admiration that knows no limits usually with a son, isn't it, right? Caring attitude. What else? Her joy, a contagious thing. There are so many like that. I I miss my mom's singing and piano playing. Um, One of the things I love about Kim is she reminds me of my mom in that respect because my mom was so good at that. I miss her joy. I miss her, her wisdom. My friends all, I had the cool mom. People wanted to come to my house because they're like, man, your mom's cool. And uh, she had a lot of interesting wisdom and perspective. She had a great laugh. Well, let me tell you the rest of you who have your mom still on this earth. May you listen carefully to what you just heard. And may you make sure that you tell her thank you. 
love her gratefully today while you still can because you don't know if she'll be here tomorrow. Love her gratefully. Finally, one more, love her honorably. Honorably. In the book of Exodus chapter 20, we read the Ten Commandments, and one of them goes like this, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. This is number five out of the list of ten, and it is something we should all live out as long as our moms are alive. Not because we have to, not because it's one of the Ten Commandments and we're going to get punished if we don't or something like that, but because we want to. You know, another commandment in the New Testament in Ephesians chapter 6 tells us, children, obey your parents in the Lord. And I'll tell you this, that applies to all children. Whether, whether you like it or not, that applies to all of us. But not all of us are children anymore, right? And, and so that may not apply once you leave home, once you become a grown-up. But you know what? The concept of honor in contrast to obedience, honor applies till the day she goes home to be with the Lord or leaves this earth. Honor is something we better all understand God wants us to show all the time. That doesn't mean the same as obedience. It doesn't mean that we always agree with everything, but we show honor, which means respect and these kinds of things. Treat her with dignity. Treat her, with, uh, treat her like a noble, like, you know, with esteem and admiration. Some might argue and say, well, wait a minute, my mother isn't all that honorable. Well, you know what? The Bible doesn't list that as a qualification that has to be in place before you show her honor. It doesn't say that. It only asks if she is your mother. And if so, God's Word makes it very clear that we are all to show her honor in as many ways as we can. It should be our lifestyle. One of the more intimidating verses in the Bible um, is this. It's from James chapter 4. The Bible says, at least this is intimidating to me, it says, anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. Ooh, think about that. In other words, sin is not necessarily doing bad things. It can be obviously that, but it can also be more than it. It can be the sin of omission, the sin of failing to do things that you know you should do. It's a pretty big deal. So I pray that you've taken some notes today, maybe on paper or at least in your mind, and you have remembered or thought of some things that you need to do, that you need to, to go home and show your mom or maybe others around you in some of these practical ways, love. Remembering that love is, not a ver or love is a verb, it's not just a feeling. It is something you need to do. I want to close this morning with a poem that uh, you might recognize. We read it a couple of years ago. It actually is for every lady in the room, whether you're a mom or not. I know some of the ladies in the room are not moms, maybe by choice, maybe because you just have not been able to be and would like to be one way or another. Anyway, this, this poem is for every lady in the room, and we'll close with this. To those who gave birth this year to their first child, we celebrate with you. To those who are in the trenches with little ones every day and wear the badges, a badge of food stains, we appreciate you. To those who have lost a child before, during, or after birth, we cry with you. To those who have warm and close relationships with your children, we rejoice with you. To those who have disappointment, heartache, and distance with your children, we grieve with you. 
to those who have experienced loss through failed adoptions or running away, we mourn with you. To those who are foster moms, mentor moms, adoptive moms, spiritual moms, we need you and praise God for you. To those who have lost their mothers, we hurt with you. I hurt with you. To those who experienced abuse at the hands of your own mother, we acknowledge your pain. To those who lived through driving tests, medical tests, and the overall testing of motherhood, we are better for having you in our midst. To those who are single and long to be married and mothering your own children, we are saddened that life has at least not yet turned out the way you longed for it to be. To those who step-parent or single-parent, we walk with you on these complex paths. You know, let me pause right there and tell you one thing. You know, um, I'm going to just say this. Mac McClung, where are you at, Mac? There he is in the back room. Everybody look, there's Mac. He's not a mom, but let me tell you this about Mac. He, uh, he leads a ministry called Fathers in the Field that is an incredible thing. And if you are a mom who is a single parent or, or um, you know, dealing with that kind of situation, we want to encourage you, go talk to Mac. Um, or talk to me and I'll take you to Mac, but he's got um, people that want to be a father figure to um, young people in that situation to help um, a single mom or uh, maybe somebody who's in a step-parent situation. So we want to encourage you with that. Go talk to Mac. All right, a couple more. To those who will have emptier nests in the upcoming year, I remember that last year, we cry and rejoice with you both. To those who placed children up for adoption, we commend you for your selflessness and remember how you hold that child in your heart. And to those who are pregnant with new life, both expected and surprising, we appreciate, we anticipate, I mean, with you. This Mother's Day, we walk with all of you. Mothering is not for the faint of heart, and we have real warriors in our midst. We remember you and thank you for your investment in the lives of future generations. Will you join me and let's pray for all the above. Oh, Lord God, as we come together this morning, we thank you for the warriors in our midst, the mothers who sacrifice and work so hard and, and give in ways that we don't even often recognize, let alone verbally or physically or in any appropriate way, tell them thank you. But Lord, we do want to right now just pause and tell you thank you. Thank you for them. And we ask you to bless them. But Lord, would you also remind each one of us to be the answer to our own prayer in the sense that, that you would remind us and help us to have the courage and the strength and the, the self-discipline to go out of our way to do what needs to be done. Maybe it's from this list or some other list. And and find ways to show them that we love them. Help us, Lord, to do that. Not just for our own mom, but starting there if possible, but the other ladies in our, in our lives that are mothers or maybe that would like to be mothers and are not, whatever the situation, Lord, help us to love those around us as you would want, as we honor you. Thank you, Lord, for your love for us. Help us to, to share that with others. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with us? As we worship and sing, we're going to honor the Lord. And if you want to come and, and uh, commit your life to the Lord, I want to invite you to do that today.
Maybe you want to just come and pray and talk with someone. Maybe you want to, to kneel where you're at. Or maybe go find your mom if she's in the room and give her a hug right here, right now. But let's worship the Lord and think about all we've talked about today right now as we sing.